Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. I am delighted and honored today to welcome a special guest on our podcast. Today we have Anne joining us. Hello, Anne. Hello. So uh, Anne was kind enough to come on, and she is one of our uh, Migrant Neverland members, and is kind enough to come on and share her story with us today, because we know how much hearing these kind of stories helps everyone. So we are fortunate to have her on today. And Anne, so let's get started with kind of taking us back to how things began, how your story with the beast first started. Do you have a, do you have a first memory of migraine? Yeah, I think like a lot of people I do, like in hindsight, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I went, uh, traveled with my family when I was six years old back east on a red eye flight. And that's the first time I remember having that feeling that I later identified as a migraine. And then, you know, not frequently, but everyone now and then throughout my childhood, particularly when I had that lack of sleep, if mm-hmm. I had to get up really early or for whatever reason had disruptive sleep, then I would often get a migraine. So you were, you said six years old. I was six years old. That's do you remember time. what, do you remember what symptoms there were back then? Was it, was it, was it a headache or do you recall? I don't, I think it was kind of a headache, but just uh-huh. kind of also just feeling awful. The yeah. Stomach, the, the whole body just feeling out of whack and not being able to understand why, but I wasn't sick, but right. no one was able to really identify what the matter was. Yeah. Periodic, you know, oddness <laughs> and feeling poorly in various different ways is oftentimes how it manifests in children. And it can be tricky to figure out what's going on. So yeah. very then, rarely is it just a, you know, classic kind of stuff that we're used to as adults. But at what point did they get to a point where you were wanting to do something more about them? Yeah. So like a lot of people, teenage years, early adulthood, sort of menstrual migraine, mm-hmm. sort of hormonal started. Um, and then throughout college during periods of like, again, poor sleep or lots of stress. Um, and at the time I didn't know they were migraines. I just chalked them up to tension headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on sort of sinus headaches. I've probably been through every sort of sinus treatment, like short of surgery in terms of like nose sprays and nasal rinses and antibiotics and all these things. Um, And then finally, I don't, don't think I knew they were migraines till probably my late thirties. Finally, I guess a doctor told me that it was a migraine that I was experiencing. And then promptly recommended Excedrin migraine. Uh-huh. And um, so, you know, like any sort of effective medication, it worked great to start with. I was like, great. And then, you know, the advice, take it the first sign of migraine. So I was very diligent with <laughs> following instructions. Right. First sign, I would start, I would take an Excedrin migraine and then I would take another one. I take another one. And then slowly but surely, I was getting more and more headaches, uh, more and more severe. And then at one point, I realized I was at Walgreens 
yet again buying the two pack of Excedrin migraine. <laughs> right. And I thought, this is not a good sign. Yeah. But I didn't know what to do about it. I never heard of rebound. Mm -hmm. So I just kept taking it. And then finally, I was at the library with my kids and saw a book on the reshelf saying breaking the headache cycle. So I thought, oh, that's what I need to do. <laughs> so I grabbed that book. It was this little paperback and it said, and it, and it talked about rebound. So I, I read it and realized, ah, this is what's happening. It's called rebound. So right. I'm going to stop taking this medication. So ever since then, I've never taken Advil or Tylenol. I mean, maybe if I had a high fever or something, but you right. know, mm -hmm. other than that, I never take those medicines. Um, and then I didn't take anything at all. Um, for, you know, the next 10 years, I guess. Um, and I still continue to have migraines, but they did get better after mm -hmm. I stopped taking the Excedrin migraine. Um, you know, the intensity was less, the frequency was less, but they were still mostly sort of hormonal. Um, my doctor assured me that when I hit menopause, <laughs> they would magically go away. And I was like counting on that. I really was. Um, and then I guess in 2017, I, they really started getting worse and I had gone through menopause. So it seems strange, mm -hmm. but I didn't have any idea why. Um, but at that point I really felt bad enough to, you know, check in with my doctor, which I really hadn't checked in a lot. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd ever seen a neurologist just kind of running it by my primary care, my right. rheumatologist, what, you know, whatever doctor I was seeing. But um, then I began taking triptans and I tried triptans years before, but just felt like they messed with my head and mm -hmm. didn't feel like it was worth it. Um, but at this point in 2017, I did feel like it was worth it. So I started and it was a miracle, like everyone says, <laughs> and, um, you know, but I did start noticing I was taking more and more, uh, and then instead of taking one, then you, then I was taking two and I knew you weren't supposed to take two, but like, I didn't know what else to do. Um, and you know, at the same time, I was kind of think I didn't think they caused rebound. For some reason, I didn't right. think hands caused rebound. And I don't know if I was told that or if I just thought that or I don't know why I thought that. But mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, I did think that that was the case because I never would have taken them had I known they caused rebounds. Because obviously, based on my Excedrin migraine um, experience, I'm very susceptible to rebound. Mm -hmm. um, so then I think fast forward to. September 2020, and uh, I'm trying yet again to refill my prescription for Imitrex early. Mm. Um, for I don't know how many months in a row, and my doctor just <laughs> called me up. She said, "I can't, I can't do this. I cannot refill this. You are taking too much at your age. This is a powerful neurological drug. I just can't feel right about prescribing so much to mm -hmm. you." Um, and so. That was kind of it. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, so, right. What you were, what, what did, did she have any advice then? Like what, so what, what next? No. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. You're not the only I one guess. that's happened to, but. 
I guess, I mean, I guess she was willing to refill it, but just at the right time. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. I think is probably what her thinking was, is like she thought it was reasonable enough to take the prescribed dosage, but I couldn't yeah. keep pushing the envelope. Yeah. Um, and by that time I was taking, I think, nortriptyline preventatively, uh -huh. although uh -huh. I couldn't really tell that I was doing much, but, you know, just in case, just mm -hmm. started, kept taking it. Um, but as soon as she told me, that this was a problem, I thought, yeah. I started, I looked into it and did find out that, yeah, it does count um, cost rebound. So as soon as I found that out, I knew what it was and I just stopped taking it cold turkey because um, I knew it was just going to get worse and worse if I continue mm -hmm. taking that medication. So that was September, 2020. And then for the next six months, I just kind of flitted around trying to figure out what to do. I, um, I did self-hypnosis, which actually helped somewhat. I mean, mm -hmm. it kind of harnesses a lot of the principles of cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness. So right. that was somewhat helpful. Um, and I had an idea just on my past history that electrolytes, I uh, get dehydrated easily. So I thought electrolytes would probably be helpful. So I was drinking a lot of Gatorade um, it has electrolytes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, and then I, I found, uh, an, I did find an approach that was more, like high electrolyte, high salt, somewhat low carb, but just wasn't very systematic. It was kind of helping around the edges, but I, mm -hmm. I couldn't quite grasp where to go with that. So then I was talking with a friend of mine who's a gastroenterologist, I guess in March, 2021. Okay. and um trying to get the timeline right here. right it's not easy. um and he was you know just telling what i was doing what i've been through and he's like yeah you know the low carb thing makes a certain amount of sense because i kind of was grasping at low carb but wasn't really doing it in any systematic way mm -hmm. and so when he told me that i thought well maybe i should look into that more see what actually the medical research is on that if there is any at all i don't know so, you know, went to Google and then of course your excellent SEO turned up <laughs> the migraine miracle program, which at least at first I was a little put off by, frankly, because I didn't believe there was an, a miracle like, in terms <laughs> of like, you know, you take a one pill or you do one thing and right. all of a sudden this lifelong problem resolves itself. I, I was, I was skeptical right. to say the least, right. um, but when I started actually looking into it and looked at the book online and looked at the reviews, I thought, okay, this, that's not what he's saying. So, so then I got that book and I think I actually got the keto book first. Cause I, cause okay. I was doing, I was looking for the low carb and then right. quickly realized that the keto book was kind of part two. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I needed to go back to the, the, uh, migraine miracle book. And then, you know, I, once I saw that and understood where your program was going, I, I realized that that was the missing link for me was the system mm -hmm. and putting it all together. Um, so I joined the Beast Slayer Academy or migrant, you know, migrant land, mm -hmm. went through the Beast Slayer program, um, did all those things and, and, and it, you know, began working. Um, I think, Unlike some people who say, oh yeah, I didn't, I, you know, did it for a week and haven't had a migraine since. I mean, that's not been my experience. It's been a much longer process, Right. Mm -hmm. but, um, but I still could see progress right away. And I just knew that it was going to work. 
what 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 gave you that um, faith? Was it? I won't put words in your mouth. What 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 was it? You think? Um, I think everything you were saying made sense, right? Okay. Uh -huh. It it wasn't that you weren't saying anything outlandish or, you know, all the pieces kind of fit together, like mindfulness, um, the exercise, you know, the diet, of course. Um, the getting off of the medications, which I had already done. So mm -hmm. that wasn't a struggle for me, but I know it is really challenging for mm -hmm. some. Um, it, it just felt like something I could implement. Mm -hmm. For you, after going through it initially, what were kind of the most significant changes that you had to make that were different than what you'd already been doing? I think the diet, of course, although I had had gestational diabetes with all three of my kids. So mm -hmm. I had done low carb diet before my dad has managed his diabetes for a long time with the low carb diet. So that wasn't as unfamiliar to me as it might be for some people. Right. And I was always a person who cooked at home, not ever used a lot of, you know, processed food. So uh -huh. the cooking part wasn't hard. I mean, interestingly, my kids were all vegetarian. So I had been used to uh, cooking that way, which actually, I mean, I found this diet to be so much less work. <laughs> it is very yes. true. <laughs> it is very Throwing simple. a piece of chicken in the oven is <laughs> compared yep. to like making all these different, you know, rice dishes and all the chopping and all, yeah. and all that. Although I do like to cook, I didn't mind doing it, but I just, I have noticed a significant amount of time back in my day from this, right. uh, this, this diet. Um, and uh, also a lot of less as an environmental um, factor. I know people are concerned about the meat, um, environmental cost of meat, but um, I don't think I waste as much food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah. I think uh, we, we're probably in the same boat. We probably waste a lot less than mm -hmm. we, we used to. That's true. Um, yeah. So you were at least uh, implementing the diet piece wasn't too much of a hurdle for you. Um, right. Initially. What would you say, like, was, was the biggest difference in terms of what you might have been eating before versus now? Like, was there... Were there things you, you cut out? Were there things you added in that they're kind of, uh, you know, if you describe like what, what things look like before versus now? I think I just eating a lot more meat. I just mm -hmm. was never a natural uh, meat eater, right. even mm -hmm. as a child. And so, and then my kids are vegetarian. So I was essentially cooking vegetarian at home and I would eat meat if we went out or if we were friends for dinner or whatever, but I didn't, I didn't cook meat. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So and then, that has been a change. Um, other, any other, besides the diet piece, any other changes that you've made lifestyle wise? Um, yeah, I, you know, had always meant to do meditation. It would be good, but I never actually did it. So uh -huh. I, um, got a meditation app and, and started, um, doing a, a session every day at first inconsistently. I think I thought it would be good to do it like in the evening, but then mm -hmm. I would forget or not do it. Mm -hmm. So I started doing it first thing when I woke up. So just like wake up first thing I do. So, um, and, um, I think I'd always been pretty good about exercise and, uh, walking. So I just continued that. That mm -hmm. was not 
too big of a challenge. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me has really been mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, uh, so I was in one of Jenny's small groups, which uh-huh. I have to recommend. Um, it was a great group when the time you went through, we had a really great group. We had a great group. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it just helped me, you know, like I've said, what I liked about their program was the systems. And Mm -hmm. I think Jenny and the other group members, um, really helped me refine what I was doing. Um, even the diet piece, which I felt like was pretty smooth, but I was doing a few things that I, you know, tweaking around the edges kind of helped. Um, and then, you know, started to try intermittent minute fasting. So I have a, like an eating window from 10 to six, which is huge for me. Cause I've been one of those people who like wake up at 6am, my stomach is rumbling and <laughs> I'm just ready to eat. And, um, you know, with the low carb, I think those sort of highs and lows mm-hmm. have resolved, but, um, Um, but I found that helpful because I do most frequently get migraines in the morning. So if I can just avoid that altogether, um, and start eating after that kind of time period, it just seems to help. And do you find, say before you would get hungry, right? When you woke up that you feel like that's changed now, it's, is it, is it challenging for you to wait? You said, I think you said till 10 AM. No, not, not really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just surprised how level my energy is now. You mentioned that mindset was one of the challenges. What specifically was what needed to change or what is different about it now versus before? Yeah. I mean, I'm still, you know, it's still a work in progress. It was with with all of us for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But what I did realize was I just couldn't, even when I was making progress, I couldn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I would still be looking around the corner for the next migraine or thinking, am I going to, I mean, it was just on my mind all the time. Am yeah. I about to get a migraine? Am I going to, you know, and, and in part it was because it was somewhat on, they were so unpredictable mm-hmm. that I just never knew. So it was hard mm-hmm. to plan anything, hard to enjoy anything because it might end at any moment. Um, and now I feel like, yeah, I, I still do get migraines, but probably, you know, now if I look at it, it's like every 30 days or every, you know, 35 days or 40 days, even, even when that was the case, it was still hard to kind of believe it. Right. (laughs) You still like, this is too good to be true. Or we've all had the experience over the years of thinking maybe things were in a better place. And then we have another setback and you, you don't want to like have false hope. Right. (laughs) You want to be realistic, but, um, and then, like you said, there's the issue of, you know, if you've spent years like with this on your mind all the time, it's hard to break free of that. Um, even, you know, when things are going better. Yeah, it's true. I even did a few sessions of cognitive behavioral therapy just to kind of help break that because right. it was really a problem for me. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. that has helped. Yeah, we have all kinds of habits, including habits of thought. And you've been thinking the same thought patterns for years. They don't just go away. So you yeah. have to do something to to get to put some new ones in there. For you, you know, along this process of when you after you found us and then worked at the B Slayer Academy, did the Slayer Squad, were there any kind of aha moments where you like saw something completely differently or, or, or that you took and said, Oh, this is a piece that I really want to implement or anything like that that you can recall. 
I mean, there's a lot, honestly. <laughs> well, <good. laughs> I got a lot out of it. So, <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of people mentioned in previous interviews, Starve and Sink, and I, uh, uh-huh. I've come to that somewhat late. I, I only started doing that very recently and actually had my first sort of um, preemptive fasting last week when I had an optometrist appointment and dental fillings on the same day. Ooh. And I was like, I think I better just fast today, even though I was feeling fine. Right. And, mm-hmm. But that was a first for me and and it worked great. Um, but then the other things like, you know, the Groundhog Day strategy, mm-hmm. that was so powerful. I think just actually noticing when things go well and repeating them is great. And then I really liked the placebo effect. I found that really interesting. Harnessing the placebo yeah. effect for good rather right. than... Right. I, and I'm not, I don't know, maybe you can explain a little better than I can, but... Well, there are a few spots that I, that I used it, but you know, you talk about the, you talked about before about the, you know, trying to switch your mindset. So we are as migraineurs and part of this is just kind of how, how it's commonly framed, how we often talk about it. It ends up being, it's a very negative framing around a lot of things. And so we end up, you know, um, because of that, you know, we have the the nocebo effect, the opposite of the placebo effect happening a lot of the time where you know, the expectation of something going wrong makes that more likely to happen. And so a lot of the things that are, I guess, in the academy and so forth are trying to flip that mindset, flip that framing of, of how you see different, you know, pieces to, you know, what are all the things that can help me? Um, so, and how can I expect, you know, how can I use that to expect a better outcome, right? If you're we're used to the idea of the world, you know, having triggers, right. And having all of these things that can harm us. And we're, we're sort of constantly on the lookout for that, which is sort of this, you know, sort of negative expectation of, uh, all the time. And then if we can instead look for all of the positive things that can help us, then we're harnessing that placebo effect, the power of positive expectations to, to help us. And then I don't know if you um, were thinking also of the harnessing the placebo effect with uh paired conditioning um yes where exactly you can, where you can like uh, my migraine helmet and <laughs> yeah the essential oils the essential oils i was not actually successful with but the migraine helmet was it's been great i love that yeah my favorite things of all time right so we can you know we can use that we can you can pair some you know you can use conditioning to your advantage and and which is pairing some stimulus with another one so one of the examples i used was um was if you were trying to you know um help with insomnia or getting to sleep and you took a sleeping pill and you paired it with something else like an essential oil and over time you could end up you know um, where you're conditioning the response of getting sleepy to the oil rather than the pill right so and there's that whole principle can apply to so many different things where you can pair, you know, one, one stimulus with something else that, that, you know, helps facilitate some kind of state that you want to be in. And then you can start populating your environment with those things. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting concept. And I think it's, sounds like something we should be trying to do more of. (laughs) I I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All of us, (laughs) it's easy to, it's easy to, to, um, 
forget about those sorts of things. Did you have any qu specific questions you want well, to Well, I did. I know one of the things that we talked about in our small group was you um, were having some um, difficulty navigating some social social situations in terms of, you know, when you were, I think you entertained a lot and yeah. um, had people for weekends and, you know, how do I do the meal timing or, you know, how do I, so how, do you want to talk a little bit about how you've navigated those situations successfully? Yeah. I mean, first, I think that um, I'm lucky in that my family and friends have been pretty supportive. I That's haven't huge. gotten anybody like really trying to argue me out of it or anything. I mean, I think they all have understood I've been dealing with this for a long time and that I'm, uh, I need to try this. Um, and particularly at first, I think now people have just gotten used to it. Actually, I had a bunch of people over like the last two weekends and nobody even asked me about it. I was just kind of, you know, in part doing my own thing. Like, you know, they were all having an early breakfast and I was like, I'll eat later. I mean, and um, I, I think um, that just, and when people did ask me, I think um, just saying, look, this is what I'm doing for now. And they would be like, right. okay, that's okay. great. You know, instead of like, drawing a line in the sand. Um, I think people just got less, were less defensive, I think, because I think in some ways when you change, make a change, it makes them question what they're doing, even if mm -hmm. they're doing, they're not, they should, they don't need to be doing anything different. And I'm not saying they should, but, right. um, they may take it that way. Right. Is that, was that one of the issues you were trying to deal with initially was like having to do net figure out how to make it so that people didn't feel defensive or in in a situation where you were doing something differently yeah in part and i think uh -huh. that's why i was kind of a little preemptive with it um, yeah once i figured out that that could be an issue but um it, it seems to have resolved itself i guess because you know you hang out with the same people and they everyone's got their own issues so Right. Um, <laughs> this is mine. And right. Yeah. I do. Fine. I do wonder and hope maybe that it seems like people are more um, used to the idea of using, you know, diet or food as a health strategy. Right. And yeah. and so it may not be seen as unusual in the way it would have been a decade ago. You know, yeah. so hopefully that helps cultivate understanding and then also the awareness that like oh that's what she's doing for her that doesn't mean i need to do that for me yeah and i never push it right or even recommend it quite frankly i'll say well right. you know i would do this if, if if you really need to this is a great approach right but it is somewhat um intensive if you you know you just get an occasional migraine or they're not really interfering with your life you know who am I to say you should make a change unless, but I have had people who've have been in that position where they really are needing to do something. And then I mm -hmm. would be maybe more recommending this approach. We've talked about this before. It doesn't really work until someone's ready anyways. That's right. And you know, yeah, it's, does it doesn't work, work to, to tell them about it if, if it's not the time. Yeah. Um, and I do think um, this is just a, a side benefit is um, I was, you know, in pre-diabetic, blood sugar range. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant. I'd, I had been doing what I thought was a healthy diet to prevent diabetes. But, you know, year by year, my blood sugar was creeping up. 
then when I started doing this uh, plan, my blood sugar now is back in the normal range, which is great. That's phenomenal. Yeah. As you probably know, that's a, that will pay huge dividends, um, you know, in the future, in the coming years. Yeah. And I have a pretty strong genetic history on that. So on that, yeah. Looking forward, do you have, do you feel like you kind of have a good system in place and you're, you just wanting to maintain status quo, or do you have any particular goals or things that you're trying to still kind of implement that you would like to be able to kind of form as a new habit? feel pretty good. I honestly feel like I'm doing about what I can and I'm happy with what I'm doing. Um, I have been able to add more vegetables into my diet. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're experimenting like, a little bit now. Yeah, definitely increasing spot. my carbs yeah. a little bit and that mm-hmm. seems to be going fine. Um, but everything else I just feel like is a good life habit, you know, why wouldn't I want to get enough exercise? Why wouldn't I want to sleep well? Why wouldn't I want to do mindfulness, uh, stress? I mean, those are all things we should all be doing. So, right, for sure. Yeah, actually, it, it, have the, have there been any other? You mentioned the you mentioned the blood sugar. Any other improvements or benefits or things that you've noted outside of the the migraine piece since you started doing this? Um, I think my stress management is is better. I have mm-hmm. become more aware of it through mindfulness, um, just identifying my feelings and what's happening rather than just having them absorbed into my body. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's still a piece I'm working on, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good direction. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All, all of these things, I mean, like you mentioned, is it's not like we're finished at any point, right? We're right. always, and there's always new challenges, right? And every, you know, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a process for, for all of us. And, mm-hmm. um, but it's a matter of having the, having those tools in your toolkit. To yeah. To and I, Oh, I was going to say one other thing about, so I, I mentioned in the beginning that in 2017, my migraines started getting worse and I didn't know why, um, and right. then I think I might've told you this, Jenny, but in 2022, when I got COVID, mm. I was checked in with my rheumatologist cause I was taking an immunosuppressant and he said to stop taking it, you know, for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden my headaches felt a lot better. And so unbeknownst to me, <laughs> that medicine is known to cause migraines. Uh. Oh gosh. So that, that may have been the initial lead domino. I, I think it was. And maybe had things gone differently and I hadn't started taking a trip tan around yeah. that time, I would have maybe realized that sooner. And I asked my doctor, I said, well, you know, I didn't think to mention to my rheumatologist I was having more migraines. And, you know, yep. my, it, so, and he's like, yeah, and, it, and it's kind of tricky because we don't want to suggest to people that they're having migraines uh, either. Right, like right. It, it's a fine line I and I can see why they don't. But on the other hand, it would have been nice to know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunately a pretty common scenario, but it's, it is hard. You don't want to, you don't want to suggest a possible symptom for someone, but, um, but yeah. then again, people don't necessarily think to connect the two things if they haven't been told, right? This is right. to look out for this. You don't have a reason to think, oh, maybe it's this. That yeah. And this particular medicine is, is known to cause suicidal thoughts in some people. Mm. 
And so when I started taking it, the pharmacist actually checked in with me right. every you know, week or two, you know, just give it to make sure. But so it makes sense if it could cause that sort of effect in your mind that migraines could also be a possibility. Yeah. But it's doing mm-hmm. something in the brain, right? It's doing something in the brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say too, back on you, you were, you mentioned about uh, nobody had, had said, you didn't recall anybody having said that triptans were a risk for rebound. And, and you're probably right that um, it's, I bet you probably weren't told that. Um, but for the most part, even amongst medical providers, it t- most most will tend to associate rebound with things, caffeine-containing medications like mm. Excedrin, mm-hmm. um, as well as like other combination pills that also have Excedrin and like Fioracet and Fioranol. Most people have that association, but don't realize that they're pretty they're strong with the triptans as well. That's part of why I try to spread that message. So it's good to reinforce. Yeah. And I don't know if rebound affects everybody or if it's just certain people are more predisposed to it. It's pretty, I mean, the, the threshold may vary, but it's, it's a pretty universal response. Um, once you get, you know, beyond that threshold for anybody. Yeah. And in fact, I remember just thinking, wow, I'm so glad I'm taking triptan since my migraines are getting so much worse. (laughs) more frequent. I know. <laughs> there have been so many people who thought that same thing, including me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Anything else you think of that you wanted to share that we haven't covered or you think we've gotten all the highlights? I think we've gotten most of the highlights. I just think that it, the program that you guys have set up has been really helpful um, and it's so systematic. And I think if people take the time to go through the program and really understand it, and really you have to go through it more than once, it will be effective. And also for those people, what maybe it takes a little bit longer for, I think that's okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I think everybody would like it to be overnight, but you know, for people like myself, that it just took a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's a, you know, the, the reason it's effective is because it's holistic. It's many different things and you can't really implement many different things all at one time, nor can you experience the effects of that all at once. So, yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, it comes with it, you know, in order to, it would be great to have one magic bullet, one true miracle drug <laughs> right. that would fix it all. But um, I don't think that's happening in, in a, you know, based on the nature of the beast, I don't yeah. think it can happen, but that, so yeah, it's a, it's a good point that it's a process and it's a process that will take to different you know, different amounts of time because there's so many different factors for each individual person that they're having to deal with. But it's just the kind of the consistency and taking one, one positive step forward, you know, each time. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's part of your success is that you really didn't focus on the outcome. You just focused on the process and you just kept with it and hung in there and you just were patient and persistent and and then it happened for you i was so glad to see you post you know about the on the um substack newsletter that you were in phase four so. oh yeah that took me a long time i was <laughs> stuck great. between phase three and phase four <laughs> mm-hmm. i think because of the stress piece mm-hmm. it, yeah. you know which is somewhat less under your control and we all have stress in our lives but um just managing acute stress and recognizing it was really tripping me up. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
But I could see you would check in. I still connected to you on the habit share and I could see you checking yes. in every day and you're still at it. Yeah. The I habit share that. app is terrific. I love <laughs> it is. that app. I, I, love, I, think I, love, the way I love seeing that, those. It too. Yeah. It's no, it's good in the way that, you know, framing it positively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, each and breaking things down um, into small habits is right. been effective for me. Um, you mentioned, you know, that early on you had you you had the confidence that this was going to work and i feel and i and I, we've heard that so many times from people who've been really successful and it, it probably not by coincidence so it it takes and that helps that's kind of that process orientation like i'm gonna just do this i've once i've committed myself to doing this i'm just gonna do this um and i think that's probably that's almost a universal amongst those who been really successful. It's why I always am interested to know what gave people that confidence. Um, but I think a big piece for, for many is these hearing these stories like this. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, right. that's yeah. why I think it's so helpful to do this. And we appreciate you, you know, taking the time to share your story because it will help give some others the confidence to say, okay, I'm just going to stick with this. And you know, I, it worked, it worked for Anne. So yeah, I listened to all the podcast interviews. Yeah. Probably more than once. Um, mm -hmm. and I actually was reviewing them again <laughs> for today. Um, just cause I enjoyed them all so much. I thought mm -hmm. everyone's story was unique, but had some common themes and struggles. Right. And, uh, they, I think they just hearing how other people have implemented the plan has been helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've helped a lot of people mm -hmm. um, keep going, you know, which is really, really big. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anne. Thanks, Anne. All right. Thank you both. Yeah, we appreciate nice you. See you. Okay. Good to All see right, you take too. Care. All right. All right. Bye. Bye, Bye. Okay. Well, thanks again to Anne for taking the time to share her story with us. Jenny, anything in particular that stood out for you? Yes, a few things. Uh, one of the things that when I was working with her in the Slayer Squads, I um, mentioned that she was having some uh, difficulty navigating the social piece mm -hmm. um, because she did a lot of entertaining. And so I really liked hearing her answer. So not only has she trained her friends and family on her approach and why she's doing it, but I think she's also become more confident in asserting her needs mm -hmm. so I think that's positive she also mentioned something kind of in passing that I'll elaborate on um, that came about during our Slayer Squad group um, she said that she tells people she's doing this for now mm -hmm. and I believe that that was told to us by another one of our group members and she said that's what had been working with her friends and family is that when they would question her and you know um, feel like she maybe she you know with the intermittent fasting wasn't eating enough right. or were concerned about the approach she would say this is something that I'm doing for now mm -hmm. and she said just by giving them the peace of mind that this is just for now and it's not forever um, at least in their minds that they would give her the space to try something if they thought you know it was more of a um, a temporary trial to heal right and so just that phrase for now mm -hmm. was um, very successful uh, a, a successful way to approach that right um, that's that's a really good tip mm -hmm. um, and uh, the uh, I'm glad too that she mentioned the slayer squads um, which uh, 
which are those, for those who don't know, those are small groups that Jenny runs. Um, and those have been, I know, really helpful for a lot of people. And, you know, to have you as the resource, but also each other. Like That's you right. say, you guys, people share tips with each other. So I think it's been a, a great way for also for people to have um, a sense of community, right? Right. Um, and uh, some, you know, people who know, who know what they're going through and um, can share what's worked for them. So, and in fact, she mentioned um, she was talking with one of um, the other group members. Like she still talks to yeah, her, right. and they still keep in touch about um, about a lot of things, but the migraines. And so, right, it was nice to hear that they're still connected as well. Yeah, yeah. So people, people, people have formed relationships in there that they've continued on with, which is That's fantastic. Right. Um, one thing I also uh, think was was great from her story and. And part of her success, for sure, is that um, she, like a lot of our other super successful people, um, didn't just focus on the diet piece. As she right. mentioned in the end, like the, the her most recent breakthroughs have probably be, have come from focusing more on kind of the stress piece and the mindset yes. piece and um, figuring those out. And it's not always easy to help people get to that place where um, they realize that's important. But it sounds like she she certainly did and and put in the work to to now reap the benefits from that. That's right. And she says, you know, I'm still working on it. So right. she's still continuing to tweak and optimize. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is, this is an ongoing process for everyone. That's right. Uh, the better we get at, at it, the better the rewards. Okay. Well, thank you again, Anne, for sharing your story with us and to get connected with us and learn more about what we have to offer. You can head over to mymigrainemiracle.com. All right, thanks so much for listening. Now it's time to go out and slay the beast. Mm-hmm.